Hi Kelly, I'm Kevin. I like your head, I like your mural, not your selfie. Sorry. Let's go! What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. It's your boy, Ricky, a.k.a. Dick Chuck, a.k.a. the man behind the can at Seltzer Time Official. Here, as always, with my conversation accomplice, the man with the hunch about Worcester, Travis. What is cracking fizzle feeds? I don't know. I like the, like the voice <laughs> embellishment. Thanks for coming back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. As always, we're glad that you're here with us. And yeah. We've missed you while you were gone. Or while we were gone. I don't know. I, I miss you all already. Yeah. We Terribly. just started. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm picturing every one of your faces. <laughs> oh, you look so cute today. I can actually see Kevin Law listening to this while he's on the treadmill. Oh, yo, shout out to Kevin Law because you just straight up said who our intro was this week because that freaking video that he oh, sent yeah. to Kelly. Oh my God. That makes, I've watched it so many times. He texted me last night. I'm like, dude, you already know that's the intro. I love him. Yo, so shout out to love Kevin Law. Uh, and shout out to, so you've already heard one can crack, but shout out to this can crack. Oh, that was a different sound. Yeah, that was a different one. Um, right. We found this company online named Focus. They do a caffeinated seltzer. Luckily for them, I'm back on the coffee game, so caffeine is now. Hell yeah. Back on the table. Oh, I did. I had to. There's like, I went almost two full months without caffeine, which was. Easier than I thought, but also like I got to a point where I just really fucking missed the yeah, taste dude. of coffee and like I can't, I did like half decaf, I think just before I started getting back into coffee, um, but like fuck decaf. Yeah, <laughs> I, I need I it right it. now and I know you can operate without caffeine, yeah. I just I'm in this no, yeah, I caffeine and cannabis cycle. Caffeine. And why would you operate without caffeine? It's well, like exactly. one socially acceptable. What do they call it? The like, hippie cocktail or the hippie speedball is where you pound a coffee and smoke a bowl at the same there time. You, go. <laughs> you just confuse the shit out of your body. It's called breakfast. Anyway, thank you, Focus, for sending <laughs> us the seltzer. I'm going to try it right here. I'm trying the uh, blood orange. Sounds delicious. Pretty good. I want to try. Yeah, there's some. <laughs> I could taste the tea on the back end, or some kind of like. But it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I can I can jam on that. Yeah. Oh, they sent this. Yeah, Sam. This. Yeah, they sent this twelve. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm sure we'll be uh, cracking some other ones on the Instagram. Yeah, we'll be we'll Ooh. be yeah ripping some salsa so, with these bad boys. I'll be sipping on this as we go. Oh yeah. Uh, Thanks, so, Focus. Yeah, thank you. With a pH. With, With a, a pH. pH. Yeah. It's like a water play. Oh, you think that's what they call? <laughs> no. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, oh yeah. So uh, this week we have nice. Sam Bonacci. From fellow Powwow Worcester committee member, local car enthusiast, and former reporter for the Worcester Business Journal and Mass Live. Yeah. But before we get to Sam, we got to do this. Hey, Ricky, man, how was your week? Uh, my week was great. Last week, I worked a lot more than normal, which is one extra day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to everybody who came to the dive last week. And sorry about Saturday. I was exhausted and probably tired of seeing people by about midnight. Um, but it was great. It was oh, fun. So having experienced some of your weekend, I knew that it was challenging. Yeah, it was wild. I saw you guy up 
saw you buy a shot for a guy and apologize for being short with him. Oh yeah, yeah. That, I not to call you out on no, something. No, no. But I mean, was, like, mad respect. I know you're not normally as snippy as you are. No, and you yeah, recognized it. Too. That was my bad. That was uh, like <laughs> peak a weird thing going on in the bar that didn't include me at all. But my focus was kind of on this to make sure there wasn't a, pro- a, a bigger problem. Um, and this kid, I don't know his name. He comes in, he's not a regular, but he's kind of a regular, um, which is why I knew what he did shots of. <laughs> but he, he asked me a question that I'd been getting a lot that night. And instead of like, but the way he asked just, and I don't know what it was. It just like kind of, kind of triggered me the wrong way. Yeah, man. Um, I was a little short of them and while pouring his beer, I felt horrible about it. So when I, I like gave his beer, I walked away and then I came back with the shot and I was like, no dude, like the shots on me. And he took the beer, which is fine. Like that, I was going to comp that, but he, uh, he left the shot. <laughs> like, he oh, he did. He left it. Wow. No, I think he thought like I was talking about the beer, which like, that's cool too. Like, dude, like my bad, I, I wanted to apologize and let him know, like, I didn't mean to be a dick. Uh, and I, but I don't even think he like noticed that I put the shot down in front of him. So I don't know who ended up doing the shot. I don't know. So I saw it sitting, that was like, as I was leaving. Or, I gave it to the No, 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 that was as I was coming in. Yeah, I remember seeing you like right there. But yeah, I, I felt bad. He was cool. Like it's it's all good. He understands it's, yeah. it was fine. But um, yeah. You were in the heat, man. And that wasn't even like the wildest part of the weekend. It was just like, a weird spot, but it's all good. It happens. Yeah, man. Well, it's part of the part of the bar scene, unfortunately. Happens. I had the uh, Mamaru Chocon de Lat. Yeah, I said it right. Best fucking sandwich. Ever. People were raving on the patio. So it's like, my favorite. Yeah. We were back there because Spider Tag was in town. Yeah. That was my week. Was was watching that go up, and that then I had so my own. We did a mural out in uh, Lunenburg. Had a place called Inside Out Customs. I worked right. with Artifact oh, yeah. Studios and Ryan Gardell. But anyway. Uh, Spider Tag was in town and we were showing him a good time. You were there that night. Did you end up going to the night that night, Sam? No, I met up at Nick's one night. Oh, so you went to the, yeah. the Sort of Late Show? Yeah, I went to Bum. the tail end of the Sort of Late Show. Ah, yeah. uh, I didn't even know there was one. I mean, I was working yeah. Saturday night. Yeah. Anyway, uh, dive bar that night with Spider Tag. Spider Tag's a super fucking cool dude. Yeah, like, I met him that night and then. Uh, on what I like to call Rose Sundays now. It's my new thing. So. Rose Sunday. You yeah, fancy. So that is super fancy. It, dude, it was it's my new fucking favorite day of the week. Um you go to North Main, you grab a couple balls of rose. I finally did try the powwow rose. What do you think? It was good. It was good. Um because I don't drink, I don't I couldn't tell you what a good rose tastes. I want you to be honest. It's just, it, okay, well Rose Sundays, like I said, just started, and I'm more of a beer guy than a wine guy, but it was good. I did buy a more expensive bottle of because I wanted to try two. Sure. Um, and the other one was better. So you actually got what you paid for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and cool. they both were good. Like yeah, they, man. And the power one was awesome. I'm going to get it again. Um, but the other one I got was was very fucking delicious, which I think is why I started Rose Sundays at that moment. All right, I'm gonna have to close the window. Sorry for the background. It's okay. I'll people. keep talking about Rosé Sundays. Yeah. So basically, what you do, <laughs> you go to North Main, you tell Nate, you said what's up, get some cheese, you grab a couple baguettes from Crust next door. I would go with no less than two bottles of Rosé. Like you should buy the powwow one, cause duh. But yeah. then also another one just to compare. Um, and then when you're done with Rosé Sunday, you chill out, maybe a shot of tequila. We did that with Mike D and Naomi and Cassie. Then you go to the Boynton to end Rosé Sunday 
with whatever you want to drink. There was an old lady next to us. She was drinking rosé. And I was almost like, you already know about rosé. You went on rosé Sunday. <laughs> Damn, you follow me on Instagram. What's up? Um, but you go see Dan Foley at the point because it's the only way to end a Sunday night. Sure. Makes the most sense. Yeah, that noise is a lift that's right outside that window. It so happens. it's going to be with yeah. us. Sorry for it's partying, okay. people. Sorry. Uh, Rosé Sunday sound lovely. It's a new thing. Um, I had not as cool of a Sunday. So yeah, you win. Mine was long, but good. It was very good. Awesome. Oh, I saw the Lonely Island on Monday. How was that? Dude, they are. Really? Yeah. It, so they've, it's their first tour ever. They've been a thing for First tour years. ever. First tour ever. They've played like two shows before this tour started. Um, like random comedy festivals. This was an actual full-blown tour. They are literally better than most bands I've seen. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, yes, it's fucking hilarious. And like everybody knows most of the songs that they play, but they're so entertaining. You would think that they like that they've been touring for the whole 10 years they've been a group. Really? That tight. It's that. they're that good. Like, and they're not lip syncing or anything. They are like Sandberg is legitimately rapping and it's <laughs> Awesome. Watching 5,000 people at the pavilion go fucking nuts for, you know, jizz in my pants or dick like, in a box. Dick in a box. Oh man, they didn't have Justin Timberlake come out, obviously, but they had these like puppets. So they had Justin Timberlake, like a marionette, <laughs> that he like literally, they like, they wore all the costumes from all the videos and everything. And then when the Justin, because they do three songs with Justin Timberlake. Sure. So they did like a medley of all of them. And one of them is Three Way with Lady Gaga. Yeah. Then they had like a puppet of her come out. It was incredible. Like, just, they're the, they were. It was amazing. an amusing way to handle it. It was the absolute best way to handle it because there's really no way you could get Lady Gaga and Justin Timberlake into Boston. On a whole tour, yeah. Lady Gaga for night, just like, one, one-offs. Yeah, but it was, it was fantastic. Very, 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 very good. I'm glad you had a great time. I'm glad they didn't upset or they didn't disappoint. Oh, I am close. It was, it probably exceeded my expectations. Whoa. Like I expected it to be one of my favorite nights of my entire life because I love that type of stuff. Uh, I didn't expect them to be as good as they were. Top five Very band awesome. scene ever. I wouldn't go that far, but it's a up there. It's up there. It's okay. it was very, very, very. very I'm already fun. burping because the salts are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. So, uh, also thanks again to Lauren Monroe for last week. Um, it was really awesome learning all about Worcester on the Moon and oh, yeah. stuff happening around the city on July twentieth. We'll be posting a lot more, like, you know, once more things get a little bit closer, we'll definitely be refreshing your memories to go check out every event, uh, every location that has a Worcester yeah. Moon exhibit. And then just to dial back to what I was saying, uh, go check out the new Spider Tag mural, which is on every night. Like it's like a half hour after dusk um, and it goes to 11. It's in Allen Court, which if you find the Worcester pop up on Franklin Street, you'll find Allen Court, just find their neon sign. Um, and it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It's, I'm going to use air quotes, uh, not air quotes. It's interactive, but the interaction is really only a few lines. So anyway, but it's really freaking cool. So it's, it's neon and it's gorgeous. Um, I haven't seen it lit up in person. I mean, we watched them putting some of it up. Yeah. I walked by a couple times like throughout the week, but, uh, yeah, seeing, I was at the show on Monday. So I'm at like on our way back, I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, fuck, like, that was tonight, which I knew it was, but it didn't register until my entire Instagram story from every single person in the city was that. Yeah. Which it looks very, very amazing. So I love that about powwows that we came in early. We had this opportunity with Allen Court that they really wanted to beautify this space and make it more inviting. I mean, it was a 
it was a sketchy ass alleyway. It's still kind of a sketchy alleyway, but it's just a little nicer. Yeah, it's a more attractive sketchy alleyway. But it's cool that <laughs> yeah. this is already connected to Powwow Worcester and it, people feel a little more hyped now yeah. for what's coming. And there's early, only going to be early more buzz. cool stuff coming. Early buzz. So yeah, go check out the spider tag mural. Huh. If you ever get a chance, go see Lonely Island. Yeah. And go, go to WorcesterOnTheMoon.com, learn about your city. Fuck Worcester, you have a busy ass summer coming up. Yo, like, get shit. on that shit. Yo, we haven't even talked about all the cool stuff. I know. We'll get there. So this week, like we said, we have the homie Sam Bonacci. Hey Sam, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Happy happy to be here. No, this is the NPR rules. You have to thank oh. us for being <laughs> thank Oh, thank you for having me on. Good. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this That's podcast. That's a theme that I'm now keeping with. Okay. And welcome to our tiny desk. We have the Lonely Island here today. <laughs> well, can you imagine? Uh, no, because I would literally have a fucking heart attack. I would have Rosé Sunday all day that day. Oh, so oh that gosh. too. Okay, yeah. sorry. We're talking about two different things. Yeah, it would be gnarly to have Lonely Island on our show. And I'm talking about Lonely Island doing a tiny desk concert. Either way. Be would also either be way. cool. Either way, that'd I be love tiny desk concerts. That's oh, how I found same. out this they're, so they're going to be on my shout out next week. Okay. They're so good. Um, so yeah, uh, welcome. We uh, we said off the top that you were fellow Powwow Worcester enthusiast. Yep. Uh, yep. Not enthusiast. Mini member. Car enthusiast. And yep. former reporter. Yep. So we can All dig into the Powwow real quick just while we're on that. Yeah, let's talk about stuff. it. Um, how long have you been with Powwow? So this is my third year doing stuff with Pow Wow. Um, I actually, like a lot of people who are on the committee, I knew Jess and I was like, you know what, I should do more stuff in the city. I reached out to Jess and I was like, you know, do you know anybody who needs volunteers, any assistance? And she was like, oh, well, uh, wanna come do this cool thing? Yeah. And so, yeah, I've been involved with it for a while and it's just, every year there's something a little different and there's you know whether it's like change-ups behind the scenes and how things are planned out which from a like logistics nerd perspective is kind of cool to get into um and then what people see i mean being able to like literally right now I'm looking over at the fame mural. Yeah. I mean, it looks like me, which is still a pretty cool mural, but because um, <laughs> really a bunch of it is cut off. But uh, no, it's just, part. yeah, it's just really awesome being able to, to help elevate something in yeah. the city, you know, like to, and I was thinking about that a lot recently, like being, so I've been a reporter, I've, I do PR and um, being like a magnifier for things in the city, like just like, I didn't like, and also nobody, nobody on Powwow Worcester came up with the idea of doing murals. Like murals have been around for centuries. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no. But the thing is like, you can magnify very cool things in the city and and as you start magnifying those things, you start building out what you want to do. So like, if you want to do cool stuff 
in Worcester, the easiest way to do cool stuff is to help people who are already doing cool stuff. Yeah. And so uh, that's kind of where I'm at with powwow. We have a similar start to powwow. I went into Jess just asking if there was a way I could volunteer. And she goes, okay, you can volunteer by coming to this meeting. And that meeting was a committee meeting. And, and that night I was already on the committee. Right. Well, because they didn't have like a primary graphic designer or somebody that was like completely focused. Yeah. So it was right place, right time. And I got voluntold is usually what I told So people. she shamed awesome. you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm super appreciative that you she did. Thank you again, Jess Walsh, for bringing me yeah, this crazy ass. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what was I just going on? So, okay. Oh, yeah. So, how about you're also a reporter? Or so, reporter? Yeah, I was a former reporter. I worked for, uh, very briefly, as I was kind of chatting with you guys before we started, for Worcester Magazine. Uh, and then for Mass Live and Worcester Business Journal. Those were in... You know, a few others in between. Marlboro. Patch in Marlboro, um, the New Hampshire Union Leader. I did a couple of weekend stints for them, uh, and then some other local papers as well. Nice. So, yeah, a big collection of places I have worked. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So you're so you're doing PR now, and you were doing yeah. reporting. Yeah. Exactly. Are those two different worlds? Are those two worlds out of the same cloth? Yeah, it's kind of, uh, I mean, it's a little trite to describe them as two sides of the same coin, but um, one, as a reporter, you're out there trying to get as much information as you can and get it out to your readers. As a PR person, you're trying to control the information and get out you know, the positive information and um, put a put a positive light on whoever you're representing. Sure, spin you know? zone. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the spin zone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the spin zone's me yeah. at the end of Rose Sunday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I was uh, once you got to that, that shot awesome. of tequila, I was like, yeah. oh, we are we are. Uh, then everything started looking like yeah. a sticky pictures picture. I was like, whoa. Oh my God. Let's go to the point. <laughs> it's just literally you see in the outlines and then yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I mean it's it's they are but the interesting thing now with um with newspapers being a little bit of a shell of themselves uh, as they continue to have fewer resources given to them, you know, PR people are doing have the ability to get a lot more of their information out there as they write it. And, and uh, in an era where you have fewer reporters doing more work, they come to rely more and more on pitches to them sure. from PR people. Um, and that isn't to say that they aren't doing kind of due diligence on any of that stuff. It's just that, you know, I think that the there's a, there's a balance between reporters figuring out what's going on on their own and and let's take PR out of it I mean even if you want to talk about reporters uh, who are talking to city officials and being fed a line by city officials you know there's the city line that you can tow but there are multiple sides to every story so you know so there's just it's a it's interesting being in PR right now because you have a lot more people um, responding to your stories and your stuff gets published, but you're also having a lot 
it's it's more difficult to get people to come out and sure. attend events and stuff like that. So, uh, real quick, are you like Twitter focused? Like when you say like PR, so how do you right. necessarily get your the information out? So I mean, generally speaking, you you are in touch with newspapers to try and get your stories published in newspapers and through a press release through a press release right and but what's been happening more and more so as newspapers have fewer are are, you know have thinner issues are publishing fewer stories or aren't coming to events yeah um what i'm seeing is essentially places are self-publishing stories and you'll see this too with um like have you ever seen one of those lists of like the top 50 cities to raise a child yeah and so buzzfeed type yeah yeah but but a lot of those stories even though they might be published by local papers they originate in a press release in content written by um, say a website to drive traffic specifically back to that website. So whether it's like um, like the best uh, credit cards to use, those stories are based on information that are written by like a money site. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so the idea is, and so coming back around to like local press, what you're seeing a lot of people doing is yeah, you'll send the press release out, but then you send it through your social media channel. So yeah. it's not just Twitter, but like, you know, a Facebook following, Instagram, and pushing people to your stories. Now you can, the nice thing about getting things, there's still a ton of value in getting something published in a newspaper because that is an independent third party that in theory is vetting the information that you're providing them and not just spoon feeding, like not just taking the spoon fed information and putting it out there. Yeah. Uh, Whether that happens, you know, depends on how busy things are and cut. So Um, you actually, this may be a little too highbrow for our podcast, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Yeah. Without getting into the political nonsense of it, do you find, as, as somebody that has dealt in this, that there can be a correlation drawn between a person in a position of power or leadership putting question on the media and its credibility and the fact that universally that media consumption has gone down like, is there a correlation between those two things in your opinion? Like, mm. have you have you thought about it? Because it was something that I, I think, I want to say it was the 508 podcast that said something about it that really put it on my radar. And now, again, I don't want to, we're not a podcast, we're not a political podcast, yeah. but we are a media consumption podcast. And thinking about that, like, to your point, there was a trust that the independent papers were vetting the information, but now that trust has been put into question yeah, so where are the eyeballs going now if they're no longer trusting the newspapers to get said information? Well, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you end up... So I I think that individuals talking down about the, um, the authenticity of the information in newspapers is detrimental to newspapers, right? From the perspective of... You know, the New York Times, the Washington Post have long been uh, 
if it appears in those, it's gospel, right? Now, um, and I'm going to go down, I'm just going down this rabbit hole because I was actually listening to a podcast about the Watergate, Watergate scandal. Nixon used a lot of the same bashing of the media that is currently happening by the current administration. Is this like a Voldemort thing? We're not allowed to. Okay. You could say whatever the hell you want. Yeah. No, we, we have no rules. It's more, yeah, I don't want to it's turn more people like, off let's not, to this whole conversation because yeah, we're talking yeah, yeah. about Trump. Yeah. But yeah. it's more of like media consumption and media authenticity within yeah. that realm. And like we're social media. So now to me, people are going to social media, but social media is not the place to get news because it's so uh, tailored. Yeah. Well, then you end up you in disagree. your little bubbles. Well, I get all, that's why like my question of are you Twitter based is I, that's literally where I get all of my news. But I also follow credible people. Like I don't right. get my news from, you know, like like Billy who like has like a fuck like whatever. You know what I mean? Like I don't care about that stuff. I follow credible people. And that's I mean, most of the news I'm interested in is like sports related. But yeah, still, yeah, but yeah. still, and like I also follow like the proper people to get world news. Like that's important to me. Yeah, know. yeah. But I like I don't read the newspaper. I get all of my information from Twitter, from following reporters. Yep. That's yep. why I kind yep. of was wondering, like, hey, including like my city news, like I get everything yeah. I get from yeah. my phone. Thanks, Bill. And and yeah, I think, yeah. Shout out and I you. honestly think, you know, I'm not, I think Twitter is a very hard platform for, um, it's a very hard platform for businesses and um, some media to really make headway in. Yeah. It's just because people want what you're talking about. Yeah. They want to follow, like it's I follow, who are the two people that I go to always? It's table uh, talk pies. Well, obviously table <laughs> table talk pies, and uh, yeah. And I was gonna pull something else out, but uh, Maggie Haberman, I think is her. Okay, she's the uh, she's a New York Times reporter in the press pool for their White House coverage. Oh, cool! And but the cool thing about it, and the like, what you kind of alluded to, is you're not only getting. She reposts stories, but she reposts stories with her commentary, and I've come to respect her commentary and her perspective. So you're getting the story, but with that like perspective, and it's and it's very similar to it's similar to like when your friend posts a, a thing on Facebook and it's like, oh yeah, uh, you know, been to this place, it got a really good review, but I didn't like their fries, yeah. and it's like, oh well, I Billy knows what he's talking about with fries, yeah. so that place probably has bad fries. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, interesting way to look at it too that the reporters and the social media influencer are now in essence one and the same where if you express an opinion on something whether or not people find you whether or not they want to agree with you or or buy into your whatever that makes your efficiency or your effectiveness well and, and that's the thing it's it reminds me of like food critics where like if you knew so we all have different tastes for food or like let's do beer critics because that's actually more pertinent but like you know if you know that this beer critic likes the same sort of beers you like you have you'll respect their opinion more because it's in line with kind of your palate sure. right so i go through yeah. that a lot the dive people so knowing that right yeah. like people sit down i understand you kind of 
They're obviously like hazy, juicy IPAs are the thing right now. Yeah, yeah. That's not my favorite style of beer. Like I never, that's never my go-to. I like them, but I'll never order them if there's something else that I want. Yeah. So people come in and they're like, well, what's good? I'm like, well, what do you like? <laughs> well, what do you like? And I'm like, I like clean, crisp bloggers. Judging by you not knowing what you want and the fact you came to a beer bar in 2019, I, and it could be me just jumping to a conclusion, am going to guess you're going to want the Trillium Hazy IPA, yeah, which yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah. Like, you know, like you almost, in, in But that's knowing your audience. But that's knowing my audience, exactly. But there's also a lot of people who, like, I personally love beer, but my job is to get you what you want. So like, I'll tell you what I want and I'll tell you what I don't like that's on the list. I don't care because I know that if you come at me, like I like dark beer. My, the first thing out of my mouth is I'm not a huge dark beer guy, but people love the coffee house porter, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's something, I was just gonna say something, I forgot what was Social media influencing, yeah, connecting to reporting. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I'll think of it, I'll think of it. So yeah. Sometime. So that's interesting. So go find. Oh, I remember what it was. Sorry. No, you're chill. Uh, you're chill. So Dave Chappelle did, did the skit where he talked about like when 9-11 was like going down. And I know it's ridiculous because it was MTV News, but they were like, and uh, what's Ja Rule's take on this? And he was like, who the fuck cares what Ja Rule has to say? Like, <laughs> go with somebody credible. But yes. that's, we're kind of there No, now. we're at that point. Yeah. yeah. But on like yeah. a bigger scale where it's totally. like. Totally. Uh, this crazy thing's going down. Kim Kardashian, what are your thoughts? And people are like, I, you know what? Whatever she says makes sense. But you would what? think, so you would think like five years ago, that would be utter bullshit to go think about what Kim Kardashian says. But when Kim Kardashian goes to the White House and gets shit done, it's it, it, like, that's the thing yeah, that it's blows it all up. Exactly. So, but that, but also... And that's what's funny is like on the surface, you look at like, again, going back to Kim Kardashian, like who fucking cares? You're just like this attractive lady who did a bunch of nothing and got super famous. She did a pornography and got famous. I was trying to avoid that, but yeah, like you had some sex and got famous as hell. But she, in a way, like you can kind of go to bat for her because she's used that fame. Granted, it's ridiculous what she does, but she's done some really amazing things with that power. How do we focus on, like, how do you focus your attention on the right person to, to, to pay attention to? Because mm-hmm, there's guys mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like Kid Rock, per se, who uses his power kind of negative, like negatively. And there's a million of those guys. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, again, now we're getting into perception. Yeah. That's your perception that hits negatively. I'm that's sure true. that he has an audience that mm-hmm. he resonates with. Yeah. We may not be friends with Oh, his. I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can ask Naomi. I put on- Do you like, really? Oh, dude, I, yeah, some stuff. But yeah, I can, oh. there's a lot of kid. I can probably remember the words the more Kid Rock songs than, than I can't remember. Kid Rock versus Kid Rock Prince? Oh, Prince. Okay. Like, Prince versus oh literally gosh, anybody in go. the world. I knew Prince was his number one, but I wanted okay, to make okay, sure okay. that Kid Rock wouldn't usurp it. Oh, fuck no. Kid Rock's just like a... Like a... Guilty pleasure? Not even that much. It's just a thing that I listened to in eighth grade like everybody else. Oh, yeah. I, so, I mean, I had that now coming castle. back. It's like everything else. Yeah. yeah. Well, he went full country. He did, and it was horrible. So I can't wait till he does like Bow to Bow 2. Yeah. <laughs> Part two. That's awful. Um, but from the Grand Ole Opry. Exactly. <laughs> Recorded <laughs> live at the Grand Ole Opry. <laughs> With a choir? Like, yes! Dude, he did a song called Rock and Roll Jesus that has a choir. 
I should, but I want to hear a choir go. I'm sure he's done. He did. I think he did it at an MTV award. Oh, you're absolutely friggin' right. I'm pretty sure he did. It was like the '99 one with the. His drummer was awesome. I used to love watching her. Yeah, I can't remember her name. She fucking kills it. He's so good live. She would beat the shit out of her set. This is not a Kid Rock podcast, by the way. (laughs) I just realized we are going. The, the Kid Rock Quest starts next the, week. Yeah, Kid Rock <laughs> Tuesdays. Spa with the pod. Spa with the pod. Um, oh, that's nice. that's I'm trying to think of what really you would name a Kid like Rock that. podcast. I'll think of a good name. Pod with the pod. Like so, uh, Only pod knows why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to stop. We'll, we'll do a whole episode about Kid Rock, though. We'll have yeah. Jenny Danger on. So Jenny, oh, my gosh. She yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, Jenny she just is... didn't pop it, though. Yeah, but there was and there was a little bit of Kid Rock talk on that, but there wasn't enough. Not okay. enough. We'll do a full Kid Rock episode. Word. Um, so <laughs> we, went, so we tapped into the. Let's finish up with the media stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so PR. Do you enjoy doing PR? Do you enjoy? What would you rather be doing if you had like if money wasn't a concern? between PR or, or reporting? I mean, re- with reporting, and you get to do this in PR too, but you're also, um, you, it, PR isn't just about getting the stories out, it's a, also about monitoring your, uh, monitoring how people are perceiving you, making sure that that's in a positive light, um, and managing relationships. So there's a lot of relationship management. And with reporting, like, um, I've got to do some amazing stories about amazing people. Like I talked with a guy who like fled the Rwandan genocide no and shit. learned and like, and the thing is like, I got to tell his story. And the great thing about being a reporter is you are telling stories that otherwise might not see the light of day. Right. Um, and we, you know, I, I was orchestrating an interview with a local newspaper and I told uh, I told the person who was going to be interviewed, I was like, look, this is this is your choice. This is when they were figuring out whether they wanted to be interviewed. I was like, this is your choice. But you're at a pivotal point in your life where this is a time that for for better or worse, it makes sense in people's heads to hear your story. So this is a chance to tell your story and possibly have a positive impact because somebody else might resonate with that story. And I mean, that's what I love doing no matter what I'm doing. That's why like powwow to me is like, it's more than just these like sick murals that go up. It's the stories about like, a muralist who it turns out that they're from the same island as a student in the school and they like connect yeah. like it's about those human connections and amplifying those human connections and so like no matter what I'm doing that's what I enjoy doing is kind of amplifying that I agree with you there yeah. like I love seeing the kids come out and play around the artists while they're working my favorite story like oh my god one of my favorite Powell Worcester stories that I know is that when Spider Tag was up on the lift with Benjamin the dude from Montreal 
there was a dude in the window. He's like, oh, no, shit, you guys are working today. Hold on. He rips open his window, puts two big-ass speakers, and starts bringing out the ones and twos and DJs them a set, like a whole catered set while they're up on the lift working. Are you serious? Spider said it was awesome. Yeah. Like, the dude wasn't weird about it. He was super just hyped and, like, pumped that that his apartment that he just happened to have lived in now has this dope ass neon mural. That is so yeah. sick. Yeah. So it's the it's it's that local impact. The fact that we are now, yeah, working with these people and like my favorite. The second favorite story is Ben Johnson down on Main South, where he wanted to put the word forever on the wall. But after walking the neighborhood and talking to the people, it was gonna still say forever, but it was gonna say it in the language of the people. So now that it says poor so siempre. It still gives me goosebumps even as mm-hmm. it comes out of my mouth because. Mm-hmm the people in that neighborhood now feel like they were spoken to. Yeah, right. which is, that should be the point of it. That's the absolute point of it. So That's when businesses super- come to us for Powwow Worcester and say, hey, can we have, you know, an artist come in and paint our logo on the wall? Like, no, no that's not you can pay an artist. We can absolutely make that connection for you. Yeah, yeah. It's just not the point of Powwow. No. And this year, I don't know if we're allowed to talk yet where we're going, but this year our impact kind of goes beyond what we've done in the past. And we have the potential to really bring attention to a part of the city that a lot of people don't go to. Yeah. But it's a strong and vibrant community. I've now been there a handful of times and it's it's refreshing to go around that place to see, ah man, I'm giving you guys so many fucking Just wait and see. You're walking that line. You're walking right up to it. Here you go, Che. Hashtag wait on it. <laughs> there it is. But, uh, and you even heard the. So, <laughs> to your point, Powwow Worcester and things like this, having that immediate return from the community where you see what you've been able to just give to them and like, I don't know. It makes me feel part of something bigger. Yeah. And that's truly all I want. Mm-hmm. Even with seltzer time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, real quick, like my favorite thing about Pow Wow is I like my second date with my girlfriend was taking her on a mural tour, which shout out Alex Hayes because he's the one who like gave me Yo, the idea. I miss you, Alex oh, Hayes. I hope you come and visit so in August. We'll call yeah. him. We'll get him on the podcast. <gasps> that's what we should do. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. Alex Hayes, we, we expect ha- the phone call. We have yep. to. Um, but yeah, so like getting to, to watch, she had never even heard of Powwow, and she lives in Worcester, yeah. which blows my mind, but it also kind of like gets me excited being like, there's so many people that don't know how fucking sick this is, and it's everywhere. But being able to like walk around, and we only walked from, we did lunch at, or we did brunch at Armsby, and then we walked from Armsby all the way down, uh, down over, you know, over in the Canal District, and like saw all the murals kind of over in this section, and then walked back, and like since then, Oh, we might have actually even drove up to like Lincoln Street, like that whole, what's the school that that's? that's uh, the Elm Park School or? No, off Lincoln no, Street. No, we did do the Elm Park School because yeah, yeah. we did go uh, that way. Yeah, shoot. I don't remember, but whatever, I'm sorry, I shouldn't know that. Yeah, we're such bad that, Worcester That's guys. cool. Well, just, I mean, but there's what, a hundred and? No, there's a hundred. There's 90 something murals right now. Yeah, 90 something murals. Go to powwowworcester.com to see them all. Yeah. Uh, but like being able to like show her all these things that like, I think are super cool and that are super cool and that were done by people all over the world. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know everything about any of them, but it was cool to be like, dude, how sick is this? This is here. Like that's super rad. And of course, like we've, she's seen a majority of them by now. Um, but yeah, like being able to like kind of connect with her on that way. And like our like song came from one of them as like a, 
weird joke. But so you know, you like, cannot gloss over this. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's also the best song ever. So you know the the bird one that was over here. We're like insane. Fifty ones yep. is now. Remember the that one bird? with the cage? Yeah. So we were looking oh, at that. Oh no! And like, yeah, I know. Which like, it's cool though. So we that was one of the first ones that we that she had seen. So we're standing there looking at it. She's like, "Well, what is it?" I'm like, "I don't fucking know. Like, I have no clue." But it's always the one. Like, it was kind of it was a weird. So one. it's a guy with he was he was floating, and his chest is a bird cage, and in his chest is has or in the cage has the bird, but he's looking at. A mirror, and in the mirror, the bird had escaped the chest cage, I believe. Yeah, see, I didn't get it any was, of that. It was super deep, yeah. very weird. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of people didn't. So, what we took from that was the classic big timer song, Still Fly. <laughs> Gator boots, pimped out Gucci suits. Like we were like trying to interpret that song into it out of nowhere. That was basically the moment where I was like, fuck, I'm probably gonna marry this girl because that song rules. And how <laughs> on earth are we doing this right now? That was a big moment um, to the point where like, it'll randomly come out of the dive bar and it like, I don't know, it's cool. That's like our song. Though. That's adorable. Yeah, and that's because of power. Like without that, it would have been like, here's a blank wall. What could this be? And it's like, well, I'm not a big Pink Floyd guy, so fuck this wall. <laughs> fuck all walls. Unless they have murals on them. Um, but yeah, so powwow. And then also like when we went to, we were on vacation and there's a lot of art over and like we're, we were in Norway. Dude, I saw you, you were hunting street art. I couldn't even post half the stuff I saw because there was just too much of it. But um, that was also like an ongoing joke is when we were in the, the two major cities we were in, all my focus was like, where's the wall? Like what's on each wall? Every alley we walk by, I'm looking and there was usually something in there. And like, it was just like a cool way to connect. And like, I would have never done that without, I mean, obviously I would have seen it. Like that's super tight. I'll probably take a picture. But to me, knowing like what goes into it here, kind of seeing it in like a, on a different part of the world and being like the same thing. Not yeah. powwow related, probably. But no, like, but I'm with you. I mean, the same it, idea. It grew my appreciation of like, street art, and then being involved has empowered me as a creator to realize that I have the ability to put paint on a wall. Yeah. So like, you see guys like Lucas last or Sticky Pictures last year get inspired and get put up on a mural. Yeah. Like, I've been painting on my fence because I've now watched and have felt inspired by these creators from all around the world, and now I drive around this city and drive around really any city start looking at walls yeah. like oh my god it's not I'm like oh well that wall could have a mural i was yeah. in watertown connecticut and i was looking at some janky ass sign at a restaurant and be like man they should just pay an artist to come in here and do something yeah. real cool uh, yeah and people would notice it like that's way more thing. yeah and feel appreciative of having something aesthetic to look at as opposed yeah. to even like the ghost signs all around worcester i would so much rather look at those than a lot of these stupid 100 metal signs that are up and okay. Yeah. All right. But taking that though, uh, you also are a car enthusiast. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to say it's about yeah. 4th of July. Yeah. And if you're a Worcesterite, you know, the 4th of July rings and it hasn't been here for a few years, but the summer nationals, man, the summer nationals. Uh, now the ghost of the summer nationals lives on with uh, cars of summer. Is that the thing up in New Hampshire? No, that's the thing. So cars of summer, they, and I believe it's happening this year. Uh, they've been doing it for a number of years now. That takes place up at uh, Green Hill Park. Oh. 
So Summer Nationals was a multi-day festival. So back when Worcester, so the argument for Summer Nationals was, look, let's shut down downtown Worcester and do a sick car show because what the hell else does Worcester have going on around 4th of July? Everybody leaves anyhow. And and this was back before downtown, the rebirth of downtown, right? Now, um, Summer Nationals, for those who don't know, were like, bunch of car shows during the day and then really ridiculous over-the-top stuff at night so including massive burnout contests that would send putrid tire smoke up into the air and it was like you know the fallout from a mini nuke going off of just like floating over and people would smell it you couldn't see anything i remember i went to one now and the coolest thing though was you know the tunnel where uh oh we had the closing party where we had the closing party they would go the wrong way down that tunnel do a burnout and go through the tunnel and back up the other side and just rip it and like if you're I I think if you had the testosterone level of like a 25 year old boy (laughs) and 25 year olds are pretty much boys in my book but anyhow um, it was the best thing ever but as the city grew up it didn't really fit so now you have Cars of Summer which is just car show, uh, family friendly, totally different audience, really gorgeous cars uh, up there. None, none of that. <laughs> Although the first year they had it, I remember I was going, I used to be able to walk really quickly from my apartment up to Green Hill Park and there are burnout strips. And mm. I'm like, ah. in the grass, not in the grass, not on the, the on the road leading around. And I'm like, ah, you know, like this is supposed to be a classy event. And that was the argument against Summer Nationals is the feeling was, I, I think the feeling was by a lot of people that Worcester had kind of grown out of that a yeah. little bit, you know? So, but it is the season for car stuff yes. around the city. I, uh, I mean, before before Starbucks and even like while I was at Starbucks, I worked at like the small gas station on Highland Street that used to sell waste fuel. I'm not a car guy. The only thing I care about in a car is like, uh, does it have seatbelts and you know, can I listen to the sports hub? Like that's kind yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. So cars aren't really like my thing, but my boss had like a Corvette and like it was it was sick. It was really cool being in that atmosphere mm-hmm. and learning a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. But like Fourth of July weekend, I would go, I would start working at like eight in the morning, which Keep I going. never ever ever used to do. I think we opened at nine. Oh, maybe I got there at six. I think I got there at six in the morning. Um I'd get there super early and it would just be an endless parade all day long of these like unbelievable cars from all over the country. Yeah. Like they literally came from everywhere. It was a, it was a national fucking thing. Um people would come and we were the only gas station in Worcester that had race fuel. So they would be filling up and they're like trying to talk to me and like, yeah, I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like I got paid in the Snickers and <laughs> Yeah, like I, yeah. I'm like in there like reading Rolling Stone magazine, like listening to, I mean, at the time it was WEI. 
eating candy. Like, ah, fucking care. But it was really sweet. When I was a little kid, my uncle would come up from Virginia and he'd bring his car and my dad and him would go to the Nationals all weekend. Really? Yeah. And like we would go during the day, but we were like super little. Like sure, sure. Little, little, little kids. So we weren't doing the burnouts at night. I didn't do that until I got older. But uh, but it was awesome. And I remember like walking around and there's like loud music and there's all these vendors and the cars yeah. are awesome and it's yeah. hot and sticky and there's like beautiful women everywhere. And like, it was awesome. It's not something that I would like want to do now, I don't think, mm -hmm. but being a little kid, I, I kind of wish I was like 25 when it was like the heyday of it. Cause it would have been the sickest fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cool. Like, yeah. and then like, so when the gas station, gas station, like I guess never really closed that entire weekend, just I would leave at like eight and I would walk downtown to the burnouts and meet up with all my buddies. My boss would have almost like a, a week weekend long party at the gas station where like I would go in the next morning and have to clean up. Just you've never seen it looked like a frat house. It was like <laughs> every trash can was like overflowing with Budweiser cans. I was like, what the fuck happened here oh, last yeah. night? It was out of control. Like it really was the craziest. One of the craziest times of my life. And I wasn't even there for the parties. Right, right, right. When You're I got a little older, out. I would stay and have like two beers. But like, again, they're talking cars and like mm -hmm. all this stuff. I don't care or know anything about it. So I'd have like two beers just to chill. It's a hat to them. Like they were all the best. I would make so much money in tips because they were the nicest people ever. Then I would leave and go do my own thing and probably drink way too many Budweiser's while watching all the hot ladies walk around. Uh, Hi, ladies. But it was awesome. It's just, it was just like massive point. I mean, in, in the summer, it was cool because my uncle would come up. And yeah. Like, it would be the only time of year we got to see him. And I'd get to see his car. And like, it was awesome. The it's National cool to have yearly traditions like that. Yeah. Yeah. I but, imagine it was a lot like this, though. For anybody that doesn't know what we're looking at, obviously you don't. Uh, yeah. Just <laughs> For go ahead. You can't see the room. Go ahead and put in YouTube Dukes of Worcester. Uh, shout out Mike D, who showed this to me last night. Um, but I got to believe that it was mostly stuff like this, which is a car going over oh a speed my. bank. Oh, Ooh, wow. Oh, that, I never saw that's that. not going to be healthy anymore. No. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that's a junkyard. <laughs> Hope he was um, buckled up. Yeah. yeah. No, he wasn't. He no, says no. it in the video. Oh, really? Oh, you hear all the voices in the video oh, and they are extremely Worcester. We'll put it on our Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you go a little farther, this guy takes a little drive around. I don't want to spoil the surprise. Um, he goes up and then he takes his charge. Let's see this. And of uh, course they didn't move. <laughs> That's awesome. That was awesome. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like, I gotta <laughs> believe the Summer Nationals had a bunch of shit. They Maybe were, not that bad, but. They were yeah. lit. They were. I, so I can understand yeah. why it wasn't around. Yeah. I also heard this story about how there was a truck spill where it spilled a bunch of lobsters and the guy that bought, <laughs> the, the guy that ran the uh, Summer Nationals was also a local businessman hmm. and he ran out and collected said lobsters and then sold them to local businesses. And, and do you know what the, the- Is this a true story? Oh, oh. Um, I haven't corroborated yes. the story. This was totally no, 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 no. He was charged, um, and I think, and I don't know how it ended for him. I don't know what, but I believe part of the core of his argument was basically everybody was doing it, and he was like, "Well, you go check some of the trunks of the police officers that responded." 
And so supposedly he, yeah, he went out and then sold street lobster, like shoveled off the street. Street, lo- street yeah, lobster. Yeah, we can use the lobsters. Yeah. Here, Yo, street lobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Water street I got, some, wet, got some fresh street lobster here. Oh my God. And so that was, so the, the death knell for, the death knell for summer nationals was actually that, was part was mostly like that dude's complications he because i actually like spoke with him about it and like the the car the community the car community around here loved it obviously like where else do you have like that like it's it's a total culture like you were talking about like it's a different language it's like when people like it's like sports culture you know when people get together and talk sports that's a foreign language to people yeah. who aren't following that, 100%. you know talk craft beer around me my yeah. brain just melts yeah. out of my ears because they're saying a whole bunch of words oh, dude, like, yeah i feel you yeah. i work in it and love it but at the same time it's like i can't do this no a it's a total but yeah different language no but it's a different language and the thing is about like shows like that the reason people go like you go to see the cars you go to show off your own car but at the same time you also go because you have some really sweet conversations that you probably can't have most of the rest of the year no no because it's there's i mean how often do you get that many like-minded people in one spot totally in the summer it's party mentality you know what i mean like it's like it really was a very very special thing yeah yeah uh, but just to, to your point people are still trying to get together like oh, the yeah. car enthusiasts are getting together just last week they got in trouble for doing it where was it uh, uh one was the neighborhoods of grafton hill it was at the south plaza thing? yeah so they moved they were at south plaza and uh-huh. they were like uh, 50 or so so i'm reading the article on this week in worcester more on that later but uh yeah so it's interesting so yeah the in uh this isn't the one that that's referenced in there but um i was actually at one of the shows that got shut down so these are underground shows in their um their they call meetups their right? meet so their meetups so a typical meetup so in car like their weekly so with car people, there will be weekly meets. And when I actually moved to Worcester, I was driving a Subaru WRX. And a lot of the people that I've met here, like some of my best friends, I met through, it's kind of wonky because I met them literally because of the car I owned. And I would go to these meets and you would, and a meetup, typically you're talking like 15 to 20 people show up, grab some food. I lived out in Seattle for a year. We would do meetups at this awesome outside diner, uh, like a walk-up. So not a drive-in, but a walk-up diner. I'll show up, buy some burgers, eat food, chat, like... Talk cars with Talk people. cars. And, like, but a lot of good friendships come from that. These, yeah. like, regular meetups. Now, what they're talking about, these meetups are, like impromptu pop-up car shows like these go beyond like because a meetup you're looking at like so so one of the ways that meetups and this is referenced in there one of the reasons that these car shows are getting shut down is because they don't actually have permission to be there now so 
So like summer nationals, when that happened, they had to pull a bunch of oh, yeah. permits. You have to pull all these permits. Um, you know, another typical like meetup style is cars and coffee. Like um, Herb Chambers actually has, I, I do not, I'm not trying to endorse Herb Chambers, but their cars and coffees <laughs> are sick. Um, they intentionally invite people in and the location serves as a host. Okay. So, um, and like with the small meats, like those almost always include like dinner because you would, you'll go, like I used to go down over to Millbury and we'd all go into Red Robin or get some food to go from wherever we are and just hang out, eat it. And the idea is like, you're a customer, right? But with these impromptu things, like, at, like, I think one of the locations was a Burger King parking so lot. one was a Burger King, and then they ended up dispersed. The cops came and dispersed that. Then they all went to Southwest Cutoff Plaza. Yeah. Uh, where uh, police received a call from a Pub 99 restaurant uh, employee saying the meat was there. And when they arrived, they found around 75 cars in front of Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Don't tell me that those guys are going into Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, at 75, most of them probably weren't rolling alone. So you're talking at, you know, upwards of around 100, 100 to 150 50, people. Yeah. So, and that's, that's a thing. That's a gathering. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think what, and what happens when you get that many people, when you get that many people together, you run into the problems that happen when that many people gather. It's yeah. not endemic to like car culture or anything like that you have people who might have disagreements or just want to show off and you can and i mean when you're all hanging out in a club those are the same things that apply but the difference is that these people have like a three thousand pound vehicle that are and they're choosing to do burnouts and yeah and that's when and but the thing is like People in the car community shun those people. They push those people out because they know that that's what gets them kicked out of places. Yeah. You know, most of these meetups, when you're talking like cars and coffee, these organized meetups, they'll literally call up a coffee place and be like, look, can we all show, can we like basically take over your parking lot at like 7 a.m. on a Saturday when y'all are going to be dead anyhow? We'll come in. We'll We'll come in. Can we we come in and buy 20 coffees off of you? Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. that's literally what it is. But that's equal support. Exactly. I mean, but the 200 people showing up. Yeah. I just saw the number for the first plate. 200 cars. Yeah. So now I was at one that got shut down and this... And I'm kind of confused about this one because I went to an amazing show three years ago that was at um, the parking garage right next to Union Station. Union Station parking garage, car show there. I drove up, coming around the corner, quiet, quiet, quiet. Everything's super quiet on the first floor levels. You get up to level five, I come around and it's straight out of Fast and Furious. I really? shit you not. There's this dude riding by on a BMX bike. People are bumping music. There are like model looking women walking around. It was off the fucking That's hook. so sick. And I rolled in with the Subaru crew I was running with at the time. We roll in, like there are 10 of us, pull in, all park next to each other. Pop the hood. Yeah, okay. everybody's popping the hood, chatting, checking out other cars. That show was amazing. No beefs. Nobody was being an, uh, a jerk. Yeah. And and the city got parking paid all for the paid parking there, right? Five bucks or whatever the heck it is. Yeah. Might so, be more than that. Yeah, so a little while, like uh, a month or, yeah, about a month ago, 
Everybody was like, let's go do that again. Went in. So the it, first one went over the with The first no, one like, went over, no problems whatsoever. And it was amazing. And like people, like people were on really good behavior. This next one, this one like a month ago, I didn't see any like bad behavior. It caught, there was a traffic jam getting in. Yeah. Which I think like tipped everyone off that something was going down. And I was there for like 20, 30 minutes. Next thing I know, cops just shut it down. There were- When you say cops shut it down, did they roll in with like 10 cruisers? Like So up top, you got two cops. And, and I will say that, you know, they were not on, like, they weren't being jerks. They were, they, you know, they had their cop voices on with their flashlights. But when people went up to have a conversation with them, they were pretty pleasant. No complaints from there. So we're going down, going down, and eight cruisers out front, eight cruisers to shut down this car show. And to tip it all, the icing on the cake, from my perspective, is none of us paid to get out. Yeah. They put up the gate. So it was probably like, you know, 120, 130 cars just rolled out of there without paying for parking. And I'm like, you could have had, like, look, I get it. When you have that many people together, you know, like starting the street has to pull permits and they have to put cops in place because bad stuff can happen. Of course, you have to. But, but the legality around like everybody there, if everybody there had just said, we are here to park and we are like walking over to the dive bar now, yeah. they wouldn't like they wouldn't have had a leg to stand on. So the the legality around shutting down and I've been to amazing shows in Boston parking garages where they take over like the top three levels. And it's the same thing. Beautiful cars. Everybody's behaving. No. And the thing is, I think that there's, and so the, the police are rightfully so citing that you're on private property. You haven't gotten permission to be there. You're not even like, let's be, like I was saying, like those, those people aren't going into Chuck E. Cheese's for some pizza and to play some games. Yeah. They're standing around in the parking lot. But there's a weird thing when you start talking about parking garages. You're, where paying, you're paying to be there. The payment is for you're renting a parking space, right? Yeah. So, um, but so it's really interesting that they're cracking down on this. It, it does kind of remind me too of uh, the crackdown on the um, uh, on the dirt bike gangs. It reminds me a lot of that so too. Like, there, I mean, but there's been there's been an uptick in bikes. Like remember the other night, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we we're chilling with you at the dive bar, and there was a bike crew that came through. They burned out the entire way down Water Street, yeah, and then came back and did it. As was that motorcycles or? I think they were street bikes. Yeah. Street, okay. Um, and they did it again. So there is now like a good <laughs> amount of strips all the way down Water yeah. Street. We had a guy do that on a truck who almost hit Bree, my friend Bree. But so luckily we, we, he did it and you could see through the door, his truck was completely sideways going down the street. Turns out he was wasted. Yeah. He like, when he let off whatever, he shot right into that parking lot across the street, almost hit Bree, then hit two cars, got out and took off because the cops just, like luckily happened to be coming under. It was the first time we've ever had somebody like light him up and then you see the blues. The entire bar was wow. like, because yeah! like we fucking yeah. hate that. Yeah, because it's annoying. We didn't know he no, was that's drunk. That's the thing. Though. We thought it was just like some idiot lighting him up under the tunnel because it happens every single night. But we also had no idea how bad it was out there. Like he like literally like he skyrocketed into the fucking parking lot, 
Luckily, didn't hit anybody, but he hit two cars. Cops pulled right in. He took off running. There was somebody else in the car who probably had an answer for everything. But and and so the thing, the thing that it all comes down to is like there's a time and a place, and there's a time like there's a way so, to do it. So yeah. so like to combat street racing, what they've done in like major metropolitan areas is they've said take it to the track, and they've made track nights super cheap to do drag racing at the track, and you get these people who like look, you're still getting the kudos you're still like you're getting bragging rights but you're taking it off the street and it's the same thing like driving fast like i mean i grew up in new hampshire i grew up around a lot of back roads like that's where i fell in love with driving because it's fun as hell to go out when there's snow on the road and get sideways is that a responsible thing to do on public roads nah you know what i mean but there are ways to do it. Like there's like tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, uh, every, almost every weekend up at Devon's, there's autocross. Okay. So you go out, you thrash your car and it's um, park. They set up, Devon's is awesome because it's an old airstrip, right? And so they set up tracks where using cones in typically autocross is in parking lots and they set up cones to set up a track and you zip around this track, you get points off for hitting cones and you just see who can go as fast as possible. You can take any car. That's it's like, sounds like Top Gear, except that they're in any car. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm doing it's like Kia Sportage, just listening to Matchbox 20, taking turns. Like The, the cool thing about it, I was talking with this guy. Ripping seltzer water? Yeah. Mom as fuck right there. Like. I was talking with this guy and he's like, I always take out, and he has like a dedicated car he does for this. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I always take out every car that I drive as a daily too. He's like, yeah, I took out my, uh, my wife's Honda Fit, you know, last year because I wanted to see what it could do. Yeah, and he's like, and well. now I know, like now I know, like if somebody pulls out on me, I know how hard I can break. I know how hard I can turn. And That's it, you know, cool. I mean, that is yeah. fair knowing the vehicle has full potential. Yeah, exactly. I have a friend who has a sports car and there's no way you can touch the problem that you're running into. And, and I was kind of chatting with you, Travis, about this, the, the cars that are available now from a showroom, like, a four-cylinder Mustang is faster than Ferraris were like 20 years ago. So you're just dealing with much higher speeds, much higher potential for shit going wrong. Like that's the problem you end up with when you're dealing with cars that have so much power. Like it takes five seconds to find a YouTube video of a car doing a burnout and almost crashing into a crowd, leaving one of these cars and coffees. Yeah. You know, while you also have the dudes that are doing the Gymkhana shit where they're doing like full out turns and have you seen any of that stuff the kid no. the guy from dc shoes the guy that kind of runs Ken, oh, Ken 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 yeah 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 that's the shit that he does and there's in hoonigan 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 cool again hoonigan so and the thing is you want to go do that go down to connecticut um lock city drift has awesome drift clinics take down anything that has rear wheel drive thrash the hell out of it 
and you'll learn how to actually do that in a safe environment and you'll get a lot better at it there than you will dicking around on the streets. Yeah. You know? I mean, to that point, you can draw the analogy to guns and like you're not allowed to shoot your gun out in the middle, but there's ranges that you can go down yeah. and shoot to your heart's content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Find a range for your car so you can go nuts yeah. on it. And, and, the, and the meetups, like the thing about the meetups is that they kind of, they, they, they really are about static showing off your vehicles, but there are places to do that too. And it's just, it's interesting that Worcester, it's just interesting the take that Worcester is having on this stuff where they are trying to just shut stuff down. Like, and that's why I do draw, draw the analogy to the dirt bike gangs, like with these kids, it's like, you know, you talk to the kids or like even the bike gangs, bike yeah. gangs, but the bike, um, like, what's the name oh, of that? Bike life. Yeah, like, look, they're out biking, they're out hanging out, like, they're going the wrong way down the damn one-way street, and that's yeah. a problem, but at the same time, like, they aren't out doing worse stuff, you know what I mean? I, I will, so not worse than the dirt bike gangs, I will agree with you there. I see the guys ripping the wheelies, whether on the dirt bike or whether they're on mm-hmm. the bikes. It just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. But they're allowed to. It is when they've made the decision to wheelie at the front of a car that is driving towards them. Yeah. That I just get upset at that predicament, that situation. I've had, I mean, they're, they've, they're tied to the space. And I think I've said this on the show that I've straight up said, you, you know, dudes, you know, bike versus car, bike loses every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is... No, so. I, I fully agree with you. I There's really no way to talk about it without, like... Pissing somebody off. Yeah. And, I mean, part of, I think, us looking at it is where when we were obviously kids at one point, And, like, I did a lot of dumb shit. I also grew yeah. up in the burbs where... Yeah, exactly. I was in the West Wales and, like, there's, like, four cars. You know what I mean? Like, you're fine. Like, we also, we played behind Walmart, like, in the parking lot and shit. Like, it was a lot... It was stupid, and I like jumped off the of stairs and stuff, and it was ridiculous. We but, threw a scarecrow off a bridge into traffic and watched a car hit. That's fucking terrifying. As an adult, as an adult, that yeah. is the scariest thing. As I've an heard adult, I am cow. horrendous. But as a kid, oh yeah, yeah, it was funny as shit. Yeah, so no, exactly. CKY inspired. Yeah. It's, well, you we grew up, we grew up in the jackass era. Like, yeah, yeah you yeah, wanted yeah, to see yeah, how yeah. it was the dumbest thing you can do. Yeah, we dumb shit, but. Watching that happen, like I can say, like we never fucked with cars that were on the road. Yeah, always like kind of having that instilled in us at a young age. Like, hey, you'll fucking die. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. also that person who hits you, like, yeah, you're injured, but they're the ones who have to pay for it. Whether it's loss of license, jail time, whatever, it could you know Mental mentally health of yeah. hitting a child on a bike was gonna yeah. fuck them up for yeah. the rest of their life. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's or like if they swerve around you and then they go head on to another car, like you're the amount of danger you're putting everybody in is unbelievable and i know like that doesn't register when you're a little kid and kind of going back to what you say where it's like yeah they're on a bike they're outside they're they're not doing they could be doing something way worse but then when you look at the way they use that bike it's like dude it's kind of like 
in some ways it's more fucked up than what they could be doing. It's it, terrible. It's super, I'm super torn on the issue because yeah. I also know like within the, the Worcester biking community that there's a lot of support for these kids, you know, because- well, I want to support them. I want yeah. them to have spaces to ride. Like, yeah, yeah. that's And that's ride awesome. safely. And what and, they're doing yeah. is congregating. So they're staying off the streets or they're putting their energy energy into something positive. And some of those kids can do some absolute bunk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's awesome. They'll no, stand up and surf on the goddamn thing. Yeah. <laughs> they look fucking rad as hell. Yeah, oh, I'm just, I'm, they're wild. Yeah, they just like, not do it down Main Street. Or I know. if you're going to do it. Or at least be in the lane going the direction of traffic for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I and I feel like an old person when I say that. When and I'm like, ah, yeah, these right. kids. Like, yeah, my damn yeah, lawn. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Get off my damn lawn. Yeah. So, and I mean. And Go on the lawn. You're off the fucking road. Yeah. <laughs> like, safely. Yeah. Road, I should say. Yeah. So, like, that's, and, and, and I think that essentially, you know, that's the argument against these meetups is, you know, once they hit that number, it's just like that, that, and it also did not help that in, so in that article it makes reference to the fact that the police were going for a uh, shooting, shooting less than a quarter mile away. Less than a quarter mile away. In a black Dodge Charger, which is absolutely the kind of car that was going to be at this meetup. Yeah, exactly. So oh. it's like those two things coming together it just do not go very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, my bad. Sorry. Now you're chill. All right, that just yeah. scared the hell out of me. Well, that it's was, all good. That was my parking. But yeah, alarm. so uh, do you need to go pay more? No, nah, fuck it. It's okay. All right. Well, we should probably move into the second half of the show. Anything right. you want to touch on before we? Oh no, just I mean, like if you're super into cars, there's awesome places to go. I love going to Lars Anderson. Uh, that's in Boston. They have sweet shows. Check. Do check out the uh, Herb Chambers shows. Those are massive and very fun. Um, we're also super close to Thompson in Connecticut, where I mentioned. And they do the drifting speedway. Yeah, they they have NASCAR stuff, but they also have all sorts of like more hip motorsports. Uh, also, like check out um, uh, motorsportsreg.com. They have all the driving that you can do. So if you do want to get into like whether they have more of kind of the road racing, the uh, rally cross, which is like I described autocross, but on a big dirt field, right. which is the stuff I like doing. That's pretty cool. Charles uh, Pastrana was doing it for yeah. a minute. Did he do yeah. it at Fenway? Did, did that happen? Was that Fenway? Maybe. I might have made that up. That might have been tough. But they had like super was- high level rally cross where they just dump dirt down in a stadium and they like go at it. I think yeah. they did something like that in Rhode Island because yeah. he was at like a Paw Sox game and chugged a worm town like after his interview. Nice. And I like I don't even know who posted it, but I remember him looking at it like he was like, oh, that's like a really good beer. I should have chugged that. And I was like, what the this is uh, awesome. That's like, so sick. It was I, I'll try to find it and repost it. Like as a as a as a like having come up at the age I did, like Travis Pastrana was like idolized. Like he yeah. he's oh, a really Travis. good driver. Giving us Travis yeah. is a good name. He's a great driver. So knowing that he likes Wormtown, like it was That's awesome. I, I think it was his first Nitro one he's ever had. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I was uh, obsessed with Travis. But yeah, I mean, and then just don't be an asshat, you know? Yeah. Like anything in life. To. Don't be a dick. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. That's just a good motto to live by. Yeah. Awesome. Hell yeah. All right. I think it's time? It's time. Take us away, Solon. When you hit him with those stones, ow! <laughs> Gotta slap him with those pokes. Oh, yeah! Stokes and pokes. Thank you, Solon.
Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. How you want? You want to go? You want me to go? You want to? How you feeling? You got your? Did you I figure can out go. Your, did you figure out your poke? Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Let's do it. I'll go first. Do okay. it. So, um, I've poked myself before. <laughs> What's daily? Up? Daily, I poke myself. Uh, but I'm gonna do it again, and this time in a way that like I think everybody kind of could. Uh, I've learned more about Worcester in the last like week and a half than I've learned in the first 31 years of my life. I had no idea how big of an impact like this area has had on like literally the country and the world. Um, and it's very, it's huge. It's, it's kind of wild. Uh, I learned today that the lawn flamingo <laughs> was <laughs> Yeah, so it's, again, I gotta be honest, it's it's this weird thing that we share with Auburn, again, but Don Featherstone, uh, if you don't know who Don Featherstone is, you should absolutely go look him up. Him and his wife were matching outfits for like 30-something years. It's rad. Like, Naomi, uh, well, I can't break it yet because it's like a surprise for somebody, but yeah, there's right. a flamingo thing that happened yesterday. It was kind of cool. Cool. Um, but yeah, and then on top of that, like the Worcester on the Moon info, like completely blew my mind. Um, I mean, I knew that I knew about Goddard. I knew a very little bit about Goddard, but I learned that it was a lot deeper than that, which is really, really cool Ooh. to me. Do you know it's still going on too? So you remember Felix Baumgartner, the guy that jumped from space and broke the record? Mm. Yes. Yeah. That suit that he was wearing. Yeah. Made in Worcester. Yeah. Are you serious? Every Damn every park. every space suit that NASA's ever used has been Something David like Clark. Yeah, David Clark. That's so yeah. tight. They yeah. just, they're the best at it. But right. they're not allowed to talk about it because they deal with a government contract with oh, NASA. Of yeah. 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 So but keep that's going. so rad. Um, but yeah, and then like the whole the Paul Revere after midnight exhibit thing, which like I will eventually talk a lot more about that when I know more about it. After midnight. But uh, <laughs> but that also kind of like blew my mind. I, I really had no idea how important Worcester was to how things have played out for. And I'm sure lots of cities can some claim some responsibility. But I mean, if anything, sure. that just now goes to prove that like it really takes all of us. But we all have these little impacts that help move the needle or help progress yeah, the culture. Exactly. And then and, and kind of also it's just another thing to kind of like when people are like, well, what's so good about Worcester? And it's always been like, we have cool restaurants and beer. And then it was like, we got sexy walls. Like <laughs> now there's this other thing. I mean, it's funny because this I say now there's this other thing, even though these things have happened Far before, before the walls, any of anything, like any of the other stuff, um, but it almost just kind of brings more like credibility to the city mm-hmm. of Worcester. I think yeah, the more man. people that know about it, the, the the better it is for everybody. That's right. Just as a fellow uh, citizen of this beautiful city, like <clears throat> it has its ups, it has its downs, and learning about all of those has just made me fall more in love. And like, for sure, we love these characters in in stories and in, in TV shows that are complicated. And like, the complicated characters are always the most interesting mm-hmm. because you like that's Worcester, man. Yeah, I'm sure that's most cities, but that's Worcester. In that, there was times when it was like Detroit and super shitty and, and not a downfall. There's times that it's like comparison to Brooklyn or Portland, and like. Yeah. This is all the same place. That's super weird to me. We're going through another renaissance. That's super weird. It's rad. Like, I don't know. So my poke, I guess, is to to, to dig deeper than, you know, yeah. Instagrammable things. Mm-hmm. Go learn. Mm-hmm. Go learn about your city. Yeah. It's wild. How Worcester Historical Museum has a great first start. Yeah. Which I went there more. once. Yeah. I've never been there twice. Yeah. I went there one time. Um, did not spend enough time there, for sure. Definitely need to go back and, like, 
really dig deep. But maybe we'll talk to Bill Wallace and we can do if I can get a field recorder, we can do an episode where we take a tour of Worcester Historical Museum I can't while we record an episode of Seltzer Time. Let's do it. That just came to my brain. Anyway, keep going. Um, all right, cool. And then my stoke this Friday. I'm going to see Real Big Fish the Palladium. What? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> oh, I'm going to skank the fuck out um, I've seen Real Big Fish a, a billion times. I've seen him at the Palladium a handful of times. I'm pretty excited, though. Like, oh, I, yeah. That they put band on a great is show. so good live. They're incredible. They're playing with Bowling for Soup, who I haven't Bowling seen. Bowling for Soup still plays. Yeah, that was kind of my reaction, too. Um, I've seen them a lot when I was younger. Sure. I... I'm not that pumped for, I mean, I'm excited. I hope that they play before Real Big Fish. Otherwise, like, there's a good chance we're probably going to leave early. Um, but yeah, I know there's like a whole crew of us that are going. Naomi's going away for the weekend. So I'm like, what am I going to do? And I almost worked on Friday. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to work. I'm going to Real Big Fish. I'm gonna and go now I'm like, this skank. is the best idea I've ever oh, had yeah. in my life. Is that an outdoor show? Uh, no, it would have been cool if it was. I mean, I don't think it's sold out. It's okay. Everybody who wants to go see Real Big Fish has also seen Real Big Fish a million times. But I'm going with um, like Krista and Heather and Joy, probably Che, I'm guessing will be there. And I'm sure Strader if he's not the way. But it should be quite the crew going to see Real Big Fish. If you're around on Friday, go see Real Big Fish. They put on a great yeah, show. They do. They're so much fun. It's, I mean, like last year I forced Naomi to go to Warped Tour with me, both in Hartford and Mass, because I had a bunch of friends playing it. And I, I mean, we saw maybe three bands over the course of two days. But I was like, we need to watch Real Big Fish. Like, you saw three bands at Warp Tour. Yeah, I've gone, I've okay. worked anyway, a we, lot we, we can go. with like through SJC. So I've seen every band ever. But when we went, it was mostly just so I could like catch up with some friends I haven't seen in forever because they don't live in this yeah, country no, I respect. I respect. or like around here. A lot of it, uh, but the only band that we, we like, we walked out from like the area we were in and as we were walking out, Real Big Fish was walking on and I was like, look, I know you're hot and you're miserable and you don't care about any of these bands, but like, we need to watch some of this. And even she was like, yeah, they're pretty awesome. I was like, they're the fucking best. Like, they're just so good. Like them and Less Than Jake still put on better shows than any band going right now. They're incredible. So I will say that there was one time that was down at the Webster Theater in Hartford and Real Big Fish was playing the main stage and my one of my all time favorite bands out of New Bedford, Wilhelm Scream, yeah. was playing the small stage. And I chose to not go in and see Real Big Fish and stay with the Wilhelm Scream because in my opinion- You have to. They put on a better live show. You have to. But, but also like- Just my own opinion there. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I uh, Shout out Wilhelm Scream. You know, or anybody I want you to go on. There's not a lot of bands I would pick to go see if they were playing the same time. Trevor, Trevor. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, um, same. But yeah, so. Real Big Fish is good shit. I'll be at that. It's Negroni week, so you will probably find me at Dead Horse Hill before the show. What is Negroni week? Dude, it's the best cocktail in the whole world. Oh, It's literally the best cocktail okay. ever. Um, it's Negroni week, so every a lot of the restaurants in Worcester, I know like Armsby did it, uh, The Fix, for sure, Dead Horse. Um, Every Negroni they sell proceeds go to a different charity. Oh, it's that's kind rad. of a thing that happens all over the place. Okay, that's right. Um, I just, that. I personally think that Dead Horse makes the best Negroni because they do. It's a fact. Shout out Derek. Shout out Derek and TK. Sure. TK. So I think they're both working Friday night, so I will for sure. There was one night where I spent one hundred eighty dollars on a night of Negronis at Dead Horse. <laughs> I didn't mean, We got like a tiny bit of food. But I went for dinner with Kelsey and we bumped into Brendan and uh, one of Brendan's friends and it turned into like a night at Dead Horse. And literally the only thing I drank all night was Negroni's. It was 
fucking awesome. So, yeah, I'll see you guys all at Dead Horse on Friday. And then he'll promptly forget it by the end of the night. Yeah, I'll be dancing like a motherfucker, just full of Negroni and... Offering people <laughs> money for making out. No, I have a girlfriend now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. Those days are long, long, long gone. Sorry, Naomi. Yeah. Negro- Na- I was called Negroni. Negroni! <laughs> Shout out to my girlfriend, Negroni. Oh, my, my girlfriend God. will be Negroni on Friday because Naomi will be... Naomi on. and Negroni. That sounds wonderful. It's going to be adorable. My girlfriend will be... TK. I'll be looking at TK. Oh, she's my gone. Head. She says she's gone. Leaving. So it's just me and the ska music and Negroni. I'm weirdly caught between being 13 and 33. That's it. That's all I got. I'm stoked for Friday. Is that, so, is that average out to 23? It averages out to. Because nobody likes probably. you when you're 23. Oh, shout out Blink. Probably gonna go see them in the summer too. Are they playing? Yeah, with I'm Tom? a little win. No, not with Tom. They're, but it's still Skiba. I like. They're Skiba. doing Emma the State in its entirety. Which I like, like Skiba better than Tom anyway. I wish Tom was playing this tour because they're doing Anima and it would be fantastic to like hear that sung through his voice, but fair. It is what it is. Uh, shout out Tom from No Trigger that put me on a test at the dive bar Friday night. You played a, a Alkaline Trio song and I'm standing. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fanboy just for 30 seconds. College Travis was flipping his shit because he's hanging out with dudes from Four Years Strong and dudes from No Trigger, like all these bands that I respected and I listened to the shit out of them. And now they're all friends. Yeah, so, yeah. But standing there, uh, Tom turns to me and goes, all right, quiz, who's this? And like the immediate gut went into my asshole and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And then all of a sudden it was actually Dan, not Matt, but I recognized the voice and I'm like, is this Uncle? And I think I earned my hardcore points. So, nice. fuck yeah. Thanks for being rad, Alkaline Trio. Be uh, easy to identify. Bye. I don't give a fuck. All right, Sam, are you good? Uh, yeah, that's it. I just, yeah, come dance with me on Friday. Oh, go find him. Go that's dance it. with the man. I will right. be sweaty and buzzed. Nice. <laughs> and skanking up a storm. Skanking up a storm. What are you stoked in? What are you poking? Uh, I'm stoked about the odd being something other than apartments. I think that, you know, a use of that space that is not high-end apartments is going to be pretty awesome for downtown Worcester. Fully agree. Um, I heard some rumblings about what might go in there, but I don't think they're ready to like, I don't think anything's been official. Like IMAX thing? Is that the one that's going to be... Or is that the... I don't know. I thought I that was Becker. That. Is that the Becker thing? I don't know. Something... I, I could have sworn it was the auditorium. I thought they were putting like a... some kind, Or like a gaming theater. I, I think, think that's, that's what it is. Okay. It's the uh, professional gaming. So you'll be able to go in... And they're going to have, like, the upper area you'll be able to walk around and watch professional gaming tournaments. That's pretty wild. Which sounds... and and, not what I heard, but that's awesome. That sounds sounds a better... Yeah. Yeah, I read something about that. Yeah, because the... uh, But, I mean, let's be honest. Anything other than more apartments that nobody's going to move into is probably a good thing. But, like... As somebody who's been looking at apartments, nothing is affordable. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, I think my poke is, you know, I think if you live in Worcester, you've heard about Worcester Magazine uh, and all the shakeups that are going on there. And I mean, my poke would be just to challenge the Telegram to make that, make Worcester Magazine awesome. You know, Worcester Magazine for the longest time was a legitimate alt-weekly that really tackled it, the, the whole purpose of an alt-weekly is to tackle the stuff that the normal paper papers won't touch with a 10-foot pole. Exactly. And by keeping on, like, Bill Shaner, like, you saw glimpses of that in what Worcester Magazine was, 
but I would just challenge them to really like give them free reign and let them do weird stuff and let them like really be an alternative to a traditional newspaper yeah. in whatever form it is, you know? So if it isn't Worcester Magazine, which is probably dead and gone, it basically sounds like we're being absorbed by the Telegraph Gazette. Um, there is now an opportunity for a full-on alt-paper or full-on alt-media market, whatever that you want to call it, to really find a voice in Worcester. Um, because to your point, right now, there is no just like fully liberal... Yeah, it's like you look at Pulse. Pulse wants to be the nightlife thing, but that's mm-hmm. not even a great scene. And like it panders a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So and that's my point. Is like to me, Worcester Magazine and like Josh Leifert, Sarah Cannell, uh, Bill Shane, like these voices were discerning and they were they questioned things and like <laughs> Bill especially. He's yeah. great. I mean, that's where yeah. I bought him coffee months ago because I said, hey man, I feel like I owe you something because I've, I've gotten so much news from you, <laughs> like for this show specifically. Yeah. That like, that meme thing that I posted, like the Worcester Colleges. Did that come out like I had so, a feeling. I don't, I have no clue. I saw it on Twitter. It might've even been I don't on know his who Twitter, made it. but I saved it and I was like, I'm just gonna post it. It's I did not expect it to get like the reaction that I got. I kind of did cause it was awesome, but I didn't expect it to be that big of a thing for us, but also, there's like four people that <laughs> tagged Bill and be like, did you make this? And he was like, nah, I found it on Twitter. And I was like, okay, cool. Cause I didn't want to like, I'm not trying to like steal his shit. Right, right, right. If it was yeah. him, like I fucking would have tagged him in it, but I had no, I had no clue. But it was cool that even he was like, I have no idea, but it's great. Like, but without him, it's, it's cool to see that many people tag him in that because it, it just shows that like, he is the person, like he is the mind that would come up with something like that. It sucks that there's kind of a chance that that's not going to be hurting. At least like on the scale that it should be hurting. So from what I understand about Bill, just to to point it there, I know he has a voice and is looking to use it any way he can. So if it's not through Worcester Magazine, I could see somebody like him. And I was actually thinking about this before, where individuals can now become their own news outlets Mm -hmm. with something like a blog. And if all you're doing is finding that people trust you, like then you can become that. Pop it, pop it, kind of did the same. Wonderful yeah. example. Yeah. yeah. The the big question with all that is how to monetize it, you know? Because we live in a capitalist culture where you have to monetize the things you, you love. To... <laughs> yeah, but you don't. I mean, like, so, like, you, you bring the analogy of the kid playing in the sandbox and somebody comes up and get, you know, have you heard this one? Ah, fuck, I'll try to go over quick. Kid's playing in the sandbox, gentleman comes up and says, hey buddy, I'm gonna give you a dollar every day I see you playing in the sandbox. So every day for a month, this gentleman comes, sees the kid playing in the sandbox, hands him a dollar. On the 31st day, the kid's in the sandbox, looks around for the guy, doesn't see him coming to give him a dollar, so now he doesn't wanna play in the sandbox. But in theory, he would have continued to play in that sandbox in perpetuity without having the idea of monetization brought into it. Right. I go through all that by saying, Somebody like that, unfortunately, needs to have such a passion for getting true unbiased news, or even if it is slightly biased, their opinion out there, regardless of what monetization comes back in. But again, I'm a capitalist and I'm a realist, and I understand that you need to eat at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's okay to sell out if you don't have a house. So it's like- We all have to try to afford those uh, affordable apartments that everybody's putting in. Yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So there's, there's confliction there. Yeah. What are you stoked on? No, you were stoked on the odd. Stoked on what the What are you poking? Oh, that was the poking. That was making. Oh, you got it both oh, in there. I got them both in there. Yeah, making. Ah. Make, make. 
Worcester Magazine, Magazine, awesome. Whatever form it's in. Or if it's not Worcester Magazine, like, yeah, make a great alt weekly. I want a zine. Make sure you follow Bill Shaner on Twitter. Like, Bill, definitely follow Bill Shaner on Twitter. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Easily one of my top four favorite follows. It's always, I mean, I get a lot of my Worcester news literally through him. Um, And it actually leads into my stoke because with the passing of Worcester Magazine or the less reliable news source, I too have been looking for a place to find news. We were talking about this, where do the eyeballs go? Well, I have found uh, This Week in Worcester.com, ran by Patrick Sargent, I believe, um, is great. They're a nice little resource. he, in his description of the site, it says, this time where our liberal newspaper is being consumed by its larger competition, it's been refreshing to read an independent and local online news site dedicated to reporting the news people want and need to read without editorializing, which I find very interesting. I mean, they're slightly editorial, they're slight opinion based because he's saying five things you need to know about in Worcester. So somebody's making a decision as to yeah. what makes that cut. For sure. That being said, it has been a resource for me, um, and I've seen a lot of, it seems like he's gaining support and gaining readership. There's this whole other 016.com, which is another thing entirely that's trying to be a locally focused social media platform. Fuck that, fall seltzer time. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of the other thing. But. The 016.com is trying to, to like, as I understand it, they're trying to compete with Facebook. Good what? Luck. Yeah, good I luck. Know. It's a whole other thing. Go do your research. It's a, yeah. it's a lofty idea, and it's an interesting idea in the sense that you're trying to bring it super local and back from the bots and the Russian interference or whatever the hell you want to call it. There's a man on a lift <laughs> to the window, and I know we're high up, and it just definitely caught me off guard. Yeah, we're, we're on the sixth floor right now. Let's DJ him a set. Dude, Get yeah, the speakers. Seriously. <laughs> Um, I was like, let's go. What is that? Like, it's a human. So I'm oh, still done this week in Worcester. Keep it up the good work. Uh, I'm sure we'll have those dudes on at some point to talk. Oh, yeah. This guy looks fun with his hard hat. Seriously. Yeah. Safety yeah. first. You want to wave to him? I don't think he cares about us. Also, I mean, he is pretty high up. I would He's way up there, and he, it's pretty warm and sticky outside. That man must be roasting. Yeah. yeah. I feel like anybody with a harness on probably doesn't care about what I have to do or say. <laughs> yeah. They're more worried about what's going on. Do you think he's painting a mural? Around, that'd be sick. So I am poking uh, the fact that talk is cheap, so you should stop telling people what you're going to do and just do it. I get, uh, as an entrepreneur in the city, I hear a lot about what people are planning on doing and they want to talk my ear off. As a bartender, you hear that? Yeah, I can only imagine. Because you, yeah, you get it all the time. I can only imagine. I also do it all the time. I need to do. I need to take your advice. So it's not sure. my advice. I will say this comes from uh, Derek Seaver's TED Talk. But basically, the idea is that if you have a personal goal, you should keep that to yourself until it's achieved. Because by telling people what you're doing, you're giving yourself some kind of social acceptance or some kind of like mental appreciation, where it almost takes away some of the um, drive or some of the whatever, the reason you're doing it, yeah, yeah. satiates a weird part of your brain and makes you less likely to achieve your goals. That's very interesting. So it is something that I've been trying to do less of telling people what I'm going to do and instead focusing on what I've done or what I'm currently doing. Yeah, people uh, like surprises too, right? I mean, there's so, that too. That's a good point. And like it's being shown around, like everybody takes their own time, everybody moves at their mm-hmm. own pace, we all have our own thing, so it's like, don't be subject to just throwing this shit out there just to get it out there. Make sure it's right. Huh. Yeah. Very, very, very good point. So yeah, I mean, 
now this is a good enough podcast and there's a whole bunch of background noise, but <laughs> we understand. Uh, also, Kemba Walker, if you're listening, please sign with the Celtics. Thank you. I know that that means nothing to, I don't know, are you a basketball fan? No, this is the okay. sports talk that this I was is, talking yeah, about before. Exactly. I, I don't understand. I'm it. a huge, How many I field love, goals does he have? <laughs> Has he gotten a hole in one? Uh, he's stolen six bases though. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I love the off season for sports as much as I love the real. Well, I love the the first week of free agency for mm. every single sport except for football. I fucking care about that. Um, the first week of free agency is one of my favorite times ever. Luckily for Naomi, she'll be gone. Everything starts on July first, and I know she like yesterday. I was talking to her and her mom, and I'm like, dude, Kevin Walker might sign with the Celtics, and the look on both of their faces was like. <laughs> Why don't you just wait till either like Naomi's dad gets home or her brother comes over because they'll care and know anything about what you're talking about. Neither one of them care or know. And I was like, yeah, this is something I probably could have texted my brother. Like, but I was very excited. You guys were in front of me and I talked to your faces. Well, yeah, which and I like your faces. Of, a lot of my like, I'll look at Twitter and like mo- like I said, most of the things I follow are sports related. So I'll like look up. For, I'll look up at her and be like, holy fuck, the Bruins signed Stephen Camper and not that good, but they signed him to a great contract. And she's just like. Cool. What do you want to eat for dinner? Like, <laughs> like, Good point. So hockey tacos. Yeah, seriously. What do I want to eat? Fuck Stanley Cup. The blood of my enemies. Yeah, seriously. All the right. Los Blues. Uh, yeah, that's what. That's all I got. Can all right, with that intensity. Um, yeah. Sam, first off, thanks for being on. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. On. Thank you. Thank I you for remembering it. the rule. Do you want people to find you on the interwebs? No, not really. Not really. <laughs> I mean, we're uh, going to tag I mean, you anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Is I it, the joke from um, the joke is that I've been a reporter in forever, and yet my uh, name is still beat reporting on everything. <laughs> so awesome. uh, yeah, check out beat reporting on whatever social media you want. It might not be me though, because I'm not on all of them. So okay. have fun. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. He's on Instagram. Yeah, I am on Instagram. Happy hunting for the rest. Uh, but yeah. That's see awesome. Him, see him get turned sideways and the car he's driving now. Yeah. See yeah. pictures of Gunther. We never talked about Gunther. Oh, no, but we never talked about Gunther RIP. Yeah, we miss okay. you, buddy. Yeah. Sam painted a car last year. Chalk paint. I saw that, yeah. I saw the yeah. the Worcester, the, what's it called? Summer 76. Summer 76. Yeah. So, come, anyway. Yeah. All right. I hope so. So that's been awesome. You've been a wonderful guest. Cool. Uh, thank you all for listening and finishing up this hour I'm assuming it's an hour and a half episode I have been Travis you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hunchback Travis I have been Ricky you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at DickChuck77 Seltzer Time Official post your Seltzer Times to your Instagram pages and tag us don't do it in the store I mean if you want us to feature it yeah put it as a post because I can't I can't download it off your stories but I can download it off your posts Uh, if you have my number you can text them to me so I can actually post them on the feed or you can email them to SeltzerTimeOfficial at Gmail true or uh, yeah if you want to do the story thing we'll we'll keep pushing them I mean we'll share your stories too you just can't be in the intro we need more hard seltzers count too I know it's party season dude Arctic summer is, is still polar the only thing we don't count really is LaCroix because it's absolute garbage and it's illegal. Oh my God. Thank you to everybody. <laughs> By the way, yes. my phone, <laughs> holy shit. You would think that, that like we back LaCroix, but I mean, a, a lot of bad news comes out about LaCroix nowadays. And you would think that I like own the company because my phone doesn't stop blowing up. Tags, text messages. I've been like, getting them too. It's kind of wild. 
Yeah, it's all shut up. Mushroom Pride. She oh, sent yeah. me something. Um, Mushroom Pride, what up? Yeah. <laughs> Mushroom. Uh, but Shout out Che for changing everything LaCroix, by the way. That it's man incredible. spends so much time Photoshopping anti-LaCroix ads. It's amazing. Uh, but yeah. To me, it, you'd think he would have an important job working for the city, but <laughs> clearly he does not. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm just fucking with it. You just, you just upset somebody in the mayor's office. Uh, but the mayor no, knows. He's all about it. The LaCroix article was so sensationalized. If you actually read it, it is so stupid. It is. It is. Oh, yeah. It has, it, it, it's not illegal. They just haven't filed a form, but by the time the thing was out, they had already filed the form, so it's like... Yeah. But it's illegal because it's gross. Don't yeah. drink it. It's illegal because it's a... <laughs> I don't know. Acid to your tongue. Yeah. Drive safely. Buckle up. Don't drink LaCroix. Sorry for partying. Seltzer Time Podcast is a co-production of Seltzer Time Official and TV Productions. Our intro music is Maple Boy by No Trigger. Our outro music is By the Salt Request. To find past episodes, search for Seltzer Time Official wherever you find podcasts. If you can't find us, let us know by sliding into our DMs on Instagram at Seltzer Time Official and we'll get it fixed. Thanks for listening. See you next week.